You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone. We're so glad that you joined us this morning on this uh, Veterans Day uh, and also the Feast of St. Martin of Tours. Thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, my name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with my co-host, Doug Jellick. We're broadcasting from Dickinson, North Dakota. That is uh, in the Diocese of Bismarck, and we're uh, in the western part of the diocese. So, Doug, what an interview we had with uh, uh, Brenda and Jared Erie. And, uh, uh, folks, uh, you're in for a treat here. We have uh, Dr. Stacy Trasancoast uh, with us. And uh, she has become a great friend of Real Presence Live. She has been with us for, uh, on our banquet tour. Uh, we started in uh, Sioux Falls last week, traveled to Rochester for a banquet. Uh, we all went home for the weekend, and then we gathered in Williston on Monday for uh, two events up there. So uh, good morning to you, Dr. Stacy. Good morning. It's nice to talk to you again, Mike. Yes, and... Uh, uh, you are uh, now at your home in Tyler, Texas, correct? Yes, in Hideaway, Texas, <laughs> a little <laughs> town outside of Tyler. <laughs> I see, I see. Well, you, uh, the weather held out for you. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, it, it's, it is snowing here in western North Dakota oh uh, today. Okay. And, and so, uh, but anyway, um, it was a delight to have you as our guest speaker. And uh, just a shout out to... Uh, those folks in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Rochester, Minnesota, and Williston, North Dakota, that uh, supported us uh, at they our annual banquet. Yeah, they were good folks. So, uh, Stacy, your your uh, first uh, trip to uh, no, it's not. It wasn't your first trip to South Dakota, maybe North Dakota, but you were in three mm-hmm. states in the last uh, uh, last uh, about ten days, and uh, so. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Um, and uh, we are here uh, with Dr. Stacy Trasancos. She's a speaker, author, uh, educator, a mother of seven, and uh, uh, she's here to talk about her new book that was highly anticipated. It's entitled uh, "Behold, It Is I." And uh, Dr. Stacy, uh, for those that don't know uh, you. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and then talk about your book uh, that just came out, Behold It As I? Sure, thanks. Um, well, I'm a, I'm a very happy convert since 2006 uh, with my, my husband, who's a cradle Catholic. Uh, we have seven children, six grandchildren, um, and I currently uh, work for Bishop Joseph Strickland in the Diocese of Tyler. And my husband and I are running Children of God for Life on the side, and um, we're just, you know, lo- loving our lives. We're kind of in a, a new phase where our kids are getting a little older, and grandkids are coming along, and uh, we're just really praying and hoping that the things that we do from now on um, have have great meaning and help to build the body of Christ, build the church. Indeed. Um uh, yeah, you have a beautiful conversion story that you shared with our uh, banquet uh, attenders, and they were very moved with that and your strong faith. Uh, uh, and uh, so with that, uh, I have two of your books in front of me that I 
picked up just yesterday, and I paged through them. Uh, one is uh, bioethics, 20 answers, uh, bioethics, and the other one's uh, Particles of Faith, a Catholic Guide to Navigating Science. And then another book uh, that we will talk about is Behold, It Is I. And um, can you tell us a, a little bit about this book and why it was so highly anticipated? Well, it's um, here in the Diocese of Tyler, and I, I think in the Catholic world in general, um, because Pope Francis called for it, there has been an effort, kind of a theme, to renew reverence for the Holy Eucharist. Um, and it, it kind of started with that, um, a priest here in the Diocese of Tyler, Father George Elliott. He's, he's a great friend, a wonderful priest, a very high-caliber priest. I, I think the world of him. He um, found that he... We live here in Texas, so there's a lot of people who, who love Jesus, but they're not Catholic. They don't understand the real presence. And Father Elliot was saying that he has to, like, weekly sit down with people and explain the Scripture and the tradition, the, the proof from the Church Fathers, explain to people why it's reasonable that we believe that Christ is really present in the Eucharist. And he said he, he wishes there were a book that summarized all that, and he couldn't find one, so he decided to write one. And he asked me to write the part on science, So because I had been doing some talks in the diocese about Eucharistic miracles. So together we wrote the book, Behold It As I, Scripture, Tradition, and Science on the Real Presence. Mm-hmm. And... Uh... Uh, you, you mentioned one thing just, uh, uh, just a few seconds ago, uh, the proof uh, of the Holy Fathers. Now, uh, just so the audience can get this, this, uh, this important piece, can you explain who the, whole, the, uh, the Church Fathers are? Excuse me, the Church Fathers. Um, could you explain that a little bit? Um, yeah, they are, they are typically the, the early the early right. theologians, I guess we would call them today, in the early church, in the first centuries after the life of Christ. Um, in the book, Father Elliot, um, who's an expert on the writings of the Church Fathers, he, he covers um, St. Ignatius of Antioch's letters to the Sumerians and to the Romans. He, he goes through what, what all St. Ignatius said when he was writing and defending the belief, and he, you know, he does it to show that even in the very earliest days of the church, the, the the church fathers were defending the real presence of Christ. This isn't something new that we cooked up in the last century or so. This is something the church has consistently taught. Uh, he covers the the first apologies of, of Saint Justin Martyr. Um, he covers against heresies by Saint Irenaeus of Lyon. And then he covers um, St. Cyril of Jerusalem's catechetical lectures. So it, it's a three-part book, and so in each part, we I think you could write a whole book on each part, Scripture, Tradition, and Eucharistic Miracles, but we had to just really pick the things we wanted to focus on mm-hmm. in each part. So those are the Church Fathers that he covered. Wonderful. Uh, and you, you mentioned the three parts of the book. Uh, uh, scripture, the first section is Scripture, um, this the uh, s- second is uh, the the uh, section on early fathers of the church, and mm-hmm. then there's a third section on the Eucharistic miracles. Um, uh, may- maybe you can speak on uh, the Eucharistic miracles, or or uh, uh, yeah, just uh, can, can I ask this? Maybe go, I go ask this as uh, being asked, Doctor Stacy. 
when you you indicated how father wrote uh, was uh, wrote some information about the two parts of the book that Mike uh, was describing and you on the science side, you also though had to review the work of father uh, in regards to the Bible and the scripture side and the church fathers. Uh, out of those three things, and this includes your science again, uh, let's go first with the scripture. As you reviewed all that, did something pop out to you like? Wow, um, but I didn't realize this. Did you? Did you? Did you have any experiences like that with all your research and researching what Father was writing that affected you? Well, I, you know, I, I think it is. I think it is beautiful what what how the Scripture all works together. You know, we read the Bible typologically. We read we read the Old in light of the New, and the New Testament in light of the Old. So we we read the Bible with Christ at the center, and I. I loved, you know, the, the first, the, the strongest proof for the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, I think, come right from the Bible. They come, they come from the prefigurements that we find in the Old Testament uh, with references to the Tree of Life, to the sacrifice of Melchizedek, to the Passover, to the manna that, that God provided, um, and to the, the bread of presence, that the, the bread is there and um, how even at the Passover with the lamb, the lamb had to be eaten. It wasn't an option. That was what the, the Israelites were told to do. Um, I, I love, I don't think a lot of people realize how much prefigurement there is in the Old Testament leading up to um, the institution of the Eucharist. It's not like we just read a couple of phrases in the New Testament and say, oh, yeah, we believe in the real presence. It, it all fits together. Um, that that this, it had to be that way. It has to be that Christ is really present in the Eucharist, and, and he instituted it at the Last Supper, but there was so much leading up to that point. And I, I thought that really stood out, because having grown up here in Texas, where it's a heavily Protestant population, a lot of the arguments against the real president that, presence that you hear from Protestants is they, they think we're just looking at a few verses in the New Testament, when, in fact, we're, the Catholic tradition is looking at the entire Bible and how it all fits together, centered on Christ. I just think that's really beautiful when things get together like that. Dr. Stacy, that was that's exactly what I was hoping that you would uh, share with us. So how about the Church Fathers then? When researching that and reading that, what, what did you come out of there with? Well, and, you know, and I, all I did for that part is read what my co-author wrote. Um, and, and I should get, I should put you all in touch with Father George Elliott because he is, he's wonderful to talk to about all of that because he's, he's so pastoral, um, with it. You know, he's so gentle and, and scholarly in the way he, he, um, talks about it. But I, I love, I love the way that it shows this continuation that even though in the early church, um, the, church fathers, the theologians, weren't quite sure how to articulate all of the doctrines of the faith. You know, like there were great debates over the Incarnation and how to articulate the Holy Trinity. There wasn't a lot of controversy on the real presence of Christ. That that was sort of the thing that that the, the early church was founded upon, that, that Christ is still with us in the Holy Mass. That was the reason they celebrated it, um, to, to be with him until he returns again. Um, and it, it it's beautiful in reading the writings of the church fathers because you're you're really like listening to what they said all those years ago um, when there were people who lived with the apostles, people who lived at the time of Christ, um, and people who were willing to die as martyrs 
before they would deny this truth. It wasn't just like a good idea they had. This is this was the whole point of their message and their whole life was telling people um, about the Mass and the Holy Eucharist and the truth of Christ. Um, so I think it's a real treat to have it all summarized from the Church Fathers where you, you can just read what they said. And, you know, I guess Father Elliot and I were talking about proof, and we do have something in the book about, you know, what is a proof anyway? Um, I know, being a convert, you can put all the most beautiful proofs down on the table in front of someone, but you can't force them to accept it. Right. But if someone is inclined to accept it, there's plenty of history in the Church to give us confidence in the real presence of Christ. Wow, that's some good, good stuff, uh, Stacy. Thank you very much. Uh, folks, we have to take a break right now. We will be back with more from... Dr. Stacy Trasancoast, a nationally known author, speaker, and educator on the topic of faith and science and the approach to the mystery of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Real Presence Radio is available on Alexa-enabled devices, including Amazon Echo, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To enable the skill, just say, Alexa, enable Real Presence Radio. To listen, say something like, Alexa, open Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use commands like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere on Alexa-enabled devices. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Yes, welcome back, uh, everyone, to Real Presence Live. Uh, uh, we are visiting with Dr. Stacy Trasancos, 
a nationally known author, speaker, and educator on the topic of faith and science, and specifically the uh, real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And we're going through the uh, contents of her new book that was just released, Behold, It Is I. And uh, Dr. Uh, Stacy, thank you for joining us uh, uh, thank you again for joining us in your busy schedule. I know you just just got you just flew home yesterday from uh, northwestern North Dakota in Williston. You were up there for our banquet. Mm-hmm. Now it just flew home to Tyler, Texas uh, yesterday, and willing to come on the air and talk about your new book. Now we've uh, discussed the first couple parts of it, and the third part: what does science say? Um, and can you can you take it from uh, from here, uh, Doctor, and uh, uh, tell us more about about what science says? Yeah, well, that so I'm a chemist, so that was the part yes. I wrote, um, and I I had been giving talks on Eucharistic miracles in the diocese, and I, I had been giving these talks with the caveat that I am just repeating stories that I'm reading out of the the Vatican International um, exhibit, where you, you can print out all those posters um, about. The Eucharistic miracles. So I, I was giving talks where I was just repeating the stories that were in there, but when it came time to write the book, I um, didn't want to write my part of the book without actually seeing the data. Because, you know, a scientist, as a scientist, I wanted to see what the data, I wanted to see the data for myself instead of just repeat what somebody else said. And um, it's a whole story unto itself, which I don't have time to get into, but the, the data ended up on my desk miraculously <laughs> because I prayed mm-hmm. for it. And I, but I, when I started looking at how the investigations were done of the various Eucharistic miracles, and I could only pick three, again, for the same reason that Father Elliot could only pick certain church fathers, that we didn't have time to go into every right. Eucharistic miracle. But I picked Lanciano. The Bolsena miracle, which is credited with um, the Cor- Feast of Corpus Christi, and um, the Buenos Aires miracles that happened in the 90s. So I picked those three. I got the research and the history and, and other writings of scholars on those three miracles. And, you know, I, where I came out after looking at it is I, I didn't think the investigations, especially the Buenos Aires investigation, I didn't think they were done very well. And and I've, I'm not saying that I don't think the miracles happened. I totally right. think that Christ could make the host turn into human blood and flesh if he, if he wants to any time. But the investigations weren't done very well. And what I discovered is there's a lot of, there's a couple of stories that are repeated about these Eucharistic miracles as arguments to get people to believe in the real presence. And the stories themselves aren't true, which kind of horrified me because I've heard very popular Catholic speakers stand in front of large bodies of young adults and and repeat these stories about the Eucharistic miracles. Um, and then when I when I looked it up and found out those stories weren't true and the, the popular speakers who were talking about them don't seem to know this, it just kind of horrified me that those young people who've been told this is the basis of our belief in the real presence, they might realize that it, it wasn't true. It was like a fraud. And so um, I wanted to make sure that that my message in the book is, look, science is wonderful as it is. It's, it's never going to give us the strongest proof for the real presence of Christ as, you know, the, the words of Christ himself. I mean, he told us this is my body, and that's, that's the strongest proof we're ever going to have. So 
I was kind of I was kind of pulling back on the science. Um, and just to give you an example of what I'm talking about, there's there's a story that's often repeated about the blood clots at the Lanciano miracle. So when the the blood dried up way back in 700 and something AD, they're not quite sure of the year. When the blood dried up, it dried into five clots. And the story goes that when each of those irregularly shaped blood clots is put onto a scale, they each weigh exactly the same thing. And when you put all five of the clots together on the scale, the reading is also the same number as each one of them individually. And, I mean, that would be a a remarkable miracle, of course. But um, when I went and read the the Linoli report from a, a doctor in the 70s who did an investigation of the miracle, the Lanciano miracle, he points out that only the first time that miracle was verified, like like a quarter of a century after it supposedly happened, um, whoever weighed the blood clots then said they were all the same weight. But in the three times that that's been tested ever since, it's never been repeated. Um, and today, if you went and weighed those blood clots, it, they would not, in fact, all have the same weight. So mm-hmm. people still repeat it, though, like that's the truth. And... Um, you know, it's in the report that that's not the truth. So it's things like that. We just got to be more careful in how we talk about these miracles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, Dr. S- uh, if you're just joining us, we're visiting with Dr. Stacy Tersankost, uh, a nationally known author, speaker, mm-hmm. and educator on the topic of faith and science. Uh, my name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with Doug Jillick, and we're broadcasting live from Therapy Solutions in Dickinson, North Dakota. That's in the Diocese of Bismarck. Uh, so, so uh, Dr. Stacy, uh, uh, can you get to uh, the conclusion uh, in the table of contents here? Maybe, maybe you can speak uh, to that. Don't, and it, you call it, don't put your faith on trial. <laughs> Yes, that that is kind of where we, we say in the beginning of the book, you're going to be pleasantly surprised at where you end up by the end of the book. And where we what we end up saying is, even though these Eucharistic miracles that were investigated, maybe those investigations, the claims wouldn't even hold up in a court of law. I don't, I don't think they would even hold, you know, if they were, if the truth of them were being assessed in a court of law, I don't think the investigations have been done well enough that they would be convincing. But what we say is that just goes to say that science is always going to be asking people to accept the testimony of men, whereas with Scripture and tradition, we're accepting the testimony of Christ himself. And I don't think you can have any stronger proof of the real presence than that. God told us. So, um, you know, we kind of end the book by saying if, you are someone who needs these Eucharistic miracles to be absolutely true because that's the reason you believe in the real presence, to to really rethink that position mm-hmm. and to become more familiar with what Scripture says, the way the Bible all fits together, and what the early church fathers say, because that's really, I mean, our faith that Christ is present in the Eucharist is, is a total act of faith. There's nothing we can see there. Um, that's the teaching of transubstantiation. It is the purest and simplest act of faith. So we really end the book by encouraging people to get back to faith, 
in what Christ said when he said, you know, behold, it is I, I'm here with you. Um, I'm here in every Mass in a special way. And, um, you know, have faith, have faith in Christ, not scientists. Dr. Stacy, one line that uh, really stuck out when you talked about if people need to have science to uh, believe, and but you said a line, a word, experience, then to experience Christ, mm-hmm. uh, if they need science. You know, I think that there's something to, to say with prayer that people do get to the point of saying, I need to know you. I need to know who you are and if you are real and things like that. And that's sometimes good to take that to prayer. And, and again, going off what you said, that scientifically uh, people can experience Christ within themselves and they don't have to be seeing some type of uh, documentation on a miracle. It's what happens within our own yeah. bodies. That's science itself and experience mm-hmm. itself that you can, uh, everybody can describe what you know, that this is Jesus's, but to experience within yourself what it does, whether bringing you peace, whether uh, bringing you joy, that's science in itself. Would you agree to along, along yeah. that line? That, yeah, the experience. I mean, empirical evidence means what you experience. And, I, you know, I've told very popular atheists and agnostics who kind of chided me, you know, like, I'll believe in God when science can prove he exists. And, and I tell them, Look, you you need to try it out in the laboratory of your life. Like, if you're not yes. even willing to try out the gift of faith, if you're not even willing to ask for it or try it, you really aren't competent to comment on whether God exists or not, because you're, like, standing out in the hallway of the laboratory, banging on the door, saying, hey, I know more about what's going on in there than the people who are actually in the laboratory. So I always say, you know, you've you got to be open to faith before you can even comment on on the existence of God. If you're not even open to it, then you really don't have any any say there. <laughs> so, yes, yes. And I speak from experience, so I, I know what that's like. Yeah. Well, Dr. Stacy Tresancos, thank you very much for uh, joining us. We could go uh, for another couple hours on this discussion, but uh, you've given us, given us a taste of uh, your book, your new book that just was released, an anticipated release, Behold, it is I. And uh, it says, uh, Scripture, tradition, and science on the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. In the Eucharist. And so yeah. thank you so much, uh, Dr. Tresan Coase, for, for joining us this morning. And, uh, gee, get some rest. Uh, you spent uh, two <laughs> weeks with Real Presence Radio staff. You get a break from us. Yeah. And uh, yeah. doc- Dr. Stacy Tresan Coast will be... Uh, uh, speaking at the Fargo, at the Fargo uh, banquet in February, I believe it's February eighth, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, so uh, if you're in that area, Fargo area, please uh, attend that banquet. Okay, well, Dr. Stacy Tresancos, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you. You get, re- you get reacquainted with your family. Thank you. We'll talk to you next time. Okay. God bless. Thank you, Dr. Stacy. Bye-bye now. All right, folks, uh, we're going to take a break, uh, and uh, we'll be right back. Uh, we have in the, in the building right now, we have Father Keith Streifel, the pastor of uh, St. Joseph's Parish in Dickinson, and uh, he will be visiting with us, discussing uh, the final days of the year of St. Joseph. Don't go away. 
This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. <laughs> 